We have 16 hours, two minutes and 16 hours and two minutes until the merge. And on today's video, I'm going to show you how Wall Street is going to attack the ETH price straight after the merge. Also, we're going to be talking about Do Kwan potentially going to prison because there's now an arrest warrant to go to Do Kwan. And we're going to be looking at the markets. And I've got some real, real, real good insight for you on the markets, as well as maybe a plan of what you should be doing after the ETH merge. So today is going to be one of our biggest, biggest, biggest shows. You've got to watch the show and you've got to watch the show till the very end. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Let's do this, guys. Out of bed, bitch, go. Get out of bed, get out of bed. It's a big day today. 16 hours to go exactly until the long anticipated ETH merge. And I'm going to show you today why I think that Wall Street is about to attack ETH after the merge. In fact, I'm going to show you definitively why Wall Street is going to be attacking ETH after the show. Also, we've got some scoop for you on Celsius. We've got some scoop for you on Do Kwan. Got some scoop for you on GMX. Got some scoop for you on Gains Network. Um, got some scoop for you to show you how we are at definitive 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 scoop showing you that we are at the end of the bear market i've got all this coming up today so it's going to be a massive 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 show let's do this guys let's do this what you need to do is very simple you just need to sit back relax smash that subscribe button hit the bell notification and like this content so here i am in lisbon wasn't going to do a show but lots is happening so i've got to bring you guys crypto love and crypto wisdom pretty sad to be leaving lisbon i must say like i'm here you know, like when you walk into an Airbnb and it's such a nice Airbnb. I mean, this is what I, this is what I landed up in. It's amazing. It's like, it's such an amazing Airbnb. And it's quite sad for me to leave the Airbnb and also to leave Lisbon. Lisbon is such an amazing city. So, I mean, and really, 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 really strong when it comes to crypto. So if you do get a chance uh, to come to Lisbon, definitely come in and visit this place. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing. And try and get this Airbnb. I'll, I don't know, I'll leave the link below, but it's what, a, what an amazing Airbnb. Um, so what you need to do, subscribe to the channel, like this content, still shadow banned, fighting the shadow ban, but we're not going to give up. We're just going to carry on making content. It just means that a lot of you aren't going to get notifications. It means that YouTube's not going to share this as much. You know when YouTube does share it? When you smash the like and when you give us positive comments in the comments, not the live chat, but actually the comments, that's amazing. Uh, I agree with you. Best show on YouTube. I see that. I see you, uh, Gerard. I see you, Gerard. Gerard, I see you. Best show on YouTube by far, by far, by far. Also, the most alpha per minute show on YouTube because we're not going to waste any time. Um, if you want alpha, if you want alpha, the best place to get alpha today definitively is if you do this, just follow what I'm doing now. Okay. So you go to YouTube, you search for crypto banter, then you click on this video is okay. Then you go here and you go to the discord and you click on the discord and then you will get into the crypto banter discord and you'll join 19,000 other people 
who all get live calls from Sheldina the Sniper, Kyle Dupes, and Bombay Trillionaire. Bombay Trillionaire is like smarter than, than, than Sheldon and Kyle. The only thing about Bombay Trillionaire, he doesn't want to be doxxed. So he doesn't want to do a show, but he's unbelievable. He does all the work in the back end. You want that? It's all free on the Discord. If you're not part of the Discord, I see Kyle's laughing here. Well, you, you, you don't agree that the Trillionaire is actually the best chartist event? No, I agree. That's why he's a trillionaire. That's why he's a trillionaire, 100%. Kyle, it's nice to see you at the office. Even though I'm not around, it's nice to see you working from the office, bro. I'm always here, though. I love yes, you. Right. All right, right, right. We don't, we, we don't listen to that. Um, okay, so... Let's get into the show today, and I think specifically, let's talk about uh, how ETH, uh, how Wall Street is about to attack the ETH price and what's going to happen. And um, this is a scoop that no one else has given you, absolutely no one else has given you. We need Fred calls. You actually do need Fred calls. I'll, I'll show you later on in the show today how Fred called two things absolutely perfectly. He's back on form just in time for the next trading competition because the next trading competition is coming up like pretty soon, pretty soon, pretty soon. Um, all right, let's get into the market. So this is what the markets look like right now. Slightly better than yesterday. Bitcoin is at 20,369. And as I said to you yesterday, it looks like we're in this range. We're going up and down in this range. We touch the bottom at around 18,000. In fact, you can even bring this range slightly up like that. And you can say, you know, every time we get to about 18,500, we bounce. And then every time we get close to 23 or 24,000, we get knocked down again. So right now, probably the best move is to be range trading. I am quite surprised that Bitcoin held up pretty well. Um, given where the NASDAQ is. So look at the NASDAQ. That's yesterday's candle on the NASDAQ. Let's quickly just look at the size of that, of that candle. Look, that's quite a big dildo. Um, yeah, that's 6.5%, 6.6%. Um, 6% is it's big. I think it was, it's the, the worst day that the NASDAQ has had since June 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And another thing, another thing is that every single stock in the NASDAQ actually went down yesterday. It was an absolute bloodbath in the markets yesterday. The other chart that we looked at was the dollar index. We were doing so well. We broke through the parabola, and now we're back up, up above the parabola and close to that 110 mark on that dollar index. The dollar index isn't stopping as people rush into dollars because they're going to increase the interest rates again. So it makes it more attractive to actually be holding dollars. Um, I think the last chart we're talking about is Bitcoin dominance starting to reverse again. So it was as high as 416 uh, but now it's going to 40.5. So I want to talk about this dominance chart because this is the way I think that uh, Wall Street are going to be attacking crypto. So we've got to be very, very, very cognizant of that. Um, so that's what's happening on the markets. Let's look at um, a couple of things. The first thing is Urien Trimmer. He's the guy that's from Fidelity, and he's been on the show for quite a few times, and he's usually quite bullish. He's usually been quite bullish. But you can see that he also capitulated yesterday, and he's now turned into a bear. He says, no bull. If a forward, if a 14x forward multiple is the correct valuation, then simple math will tell us that the fair value for the S&P is between 3,200 and 3,400. Uh, and right now, the S&P is trading at 3,785. So 10 to 12% down on the S&P. That's what he's calling. So that's what he's calling at the moment. Um, we've got Plan C. Plan C says, if we look at the days of extreme capitulation as per the spent output ratio, um, you can see that in, in 2011, it was 48 days. 2015 was 48 days. 2018 was 127 days. And so far in 2022, we've done 93 days. So definitely, we are getting near the bottom. And I'm going to show you an indicator now that is confirmation that we've hit the bottom and that the bear market is about to end. You want to see this indicator? If you want to see the indicator, smash the like button. 
Do you know what the indicator is? Well, it's not me. It's not, me. not you, but, but you know what it is? What? It's someone with the even a better track record than you. Okay. Who's okay. that? I mean, I see you also want to see what the indicator is. And then you also want to see what the indicator is. I'm like watching your faces in the back here. Like all of you want to see what the indicator is. <laughs> you want to know, man? You want to know? Yes, sir. That's the indicator. <laughs> Jim Cramer said the bear market isn't over. I'll talk about it tomorrow at our club at noon. If Jim Cramer says the bear market ain't over, it means the bear market is over for sure. That's, that's how it works. What do you think? I think what Richard Hart thinks underneath it. <laughs> All right, goodbye, people. So that's that's one indicator that does show that you know the bear market actually may be over. If Jim Cramer is calling it uh, not over, it probably is over. Um, Willie Wu look, is looking on chain, and he says that on chain, when short-term holders have a lower cost base than long-term holders. In other words, the long-term holders have reached their cost base, and people that are buying Bitcoin recently. Are getting a lower price that usually means that we're near the end but he says we're not at the capitulation stage yet he says there is some more burn in my opinion so people really 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 flipping bearish after yesterday's inflation numbers and the response in the markets let's look at those inflation numbers and i want to show you again why you're being lied to and you are being lied to and i'm going to show you again why i think you're being lied to and you got to watch out for this because you can't fall into this i mean here we go jim kramer did it again here we go jim kramer did it again he said, when was this? September 13th, he said, the Fed may be winning against inflation, says Jim Cramer. Called it, bang on the money again. If you trade against Jim Cramer, you're bound to make money. You're bound to make money. All right, so we had the inflation numbers yesterday. Uh, we got them at 8.3%, which was kind of scary. Um, the 8.3% wasn't as scary, even though most people were expecting 8.1%. The 8.3% wasn't the scary part. The scary part is, the composition of inflation. So if you look at this chart over here, and I did speak about this yesterday, but it's important that we maybe even talk about it again today. These are the components that made up the inflation reading. The blue is services. The green, if you want to call it that, is commodities, excluding food and energy. Then yellow is food. And energy is this orange part over here. And what you'll notice when you look at the numbers of how they're made up, everything increased. So services increased. Commodities pretty much stayed the same. Food went up. And the only one that actually, the only component of inflation that actually significantly went down was actually the, um, the energy cost. And so this is where you're being lied to. Because if you look at what the major component of energy is, it's oil. And if you look at the, what the US is doing right now, the US is digging into their oil reserves. So if you look at the strategic oil reserves, the U.S. is digging into their strategic oil reserves. And now the strategic oil reserves are at the lowest that they've been since the 1980s. For over 35 years, the oil reserve, this is the lowest that the oil reserves have been. So what the U.S. has been doing has been manipulating the price of oil by selling the strategic oil reserves into the market or bringing those oil reserves into the market. And the problem is that now those oil reserves are running out. So by bringing in more oil into the market, they have been pushing down the price of oil artificially. The only problem is that now the reserves are getting very low. And what did they announce yesterday? That they actually need to refill the oil reserves. And as soon as they did that, the price of oil shot up again. So that's 
you, you got to pay attention because you are being lied to. You are being lied to by the Biden administration. They are manipulating the price of oil. And they're doing this to make themselves look good before the midterm elections, which are coming up in November. But don't fall for that crap, okay? Don't fall for that crap. You know better. Um, you know better than these guys. I did notice this, that the probabilities of a 1% interest rate hike in the, at the FOMC meeting tomorrow, or not tomorrow, on the 21st, uh, is now at 36%. So it has been going up. Yesterday it was 22%, now it's at 36%. means the market is starting to price in a 1% uh, a interest rate hike. In, and that, that's pretty aggressive. I think it's still going to be 75 basis points. But a lot of the banks are now calling for a 1%. A lot of the banks are now calling for, for a 1%. So keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open for that. Um, cool. Let's move on to the next story. This is another big, big, big story that I think we all we all want to talk about. Um, remember this chart over here? Remember this trade over here? Remember this trade, the Luna C trade, where I told you guys that I went short at 51, 0,00051. I told you guys it's time to go short. Remember, here, here it is. Here it is. Listen. And then, bang, you dropped that trade in the Discord group. That went absolutely flying. Um, now Luna's pumping. To be honest, I wouldn't be touching any of these. To be, I'll be no, no. honest, I wouldn't be touching any of these. In fact, what I did was I took a short position on Luna C. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a short position on Luna anytime. I think I'll wait for a bit more of a... Yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. I think let's go through it. So I told you guys, I'm taking a short position on Luna and I'm taking a short position on Luna C. Both of them played out brilliantly. One, two. Even Fred. Okay, now you got you to understand. Fred is... Amongst the best traders in the world. Well, that's what he thinks. But even he shorted Luna. Even he shorted Luna C. He's had two good pumps. I'll show you the other one that he's had. So he shorted Luna, Luna Classic. And today we got... Oh, wait. He shorted Luna Classic. But no one shorted Luna Classic in the same size as Gigantic Rebirth. So he posted this position a few days ago before this, this recent drop. And at this... By that time, he had already made $3 million shorting the Luna C Perpetual. And he made, uh, he, I think he went long BTC and he made another $4 million. So he, he did those two trades. And I think this trade must now be in about 5 or $6 million profit. Because if you look at the Luna C chart, Luna C chart's gone way down. Um, it was the most obvious short in the market. Everyone caught the short. Today, we actually got some news to back up that short. And that is this news over here. That there's an arrest warrant out for Doquan. So I don't know if you guys remember, but when I went to Korea, uh, I said to you that the Korean government is taking the Doquan Luna incident very seriously because it feels, it almost feels like they're taking it super personally. Like they, um, they, like they feel that they have to act uh, because otherwise it'll be like, like a, a black mark on, on South Korea's name, right? It'll be like a black mark that you know, South Korea had this massive collapse and no, nothing was done about it. And so it felt like Doquan, like they were going to take this very, very seriously. And it looks like they are taking this very seriously. So now what they've done is in South Korea, they have a warrant of arrest out for Doquan. And actually, it's not only Doquan. It's Doquan and five or six other people. So um, let's just see if it's five or six other people. Um, five additional persons. So it's six people in total. Uh, they're charging them with violating Capital, Capital Markets Act, which is actually securities fraud. So they're charging them with violating uh, securities fraud. Now, the interesting thing is 
that when Do Kwan was interviewed recently in that series with, I think it's called, um, is it called Coinape or, or one of those? One of the, he, he made that documentary um, around the three-part documentary, and that was a company that Terraform Labs actually funded. And he said in that documentary, he said, he said that he will cooperate with the, with the authorities when the time comes. So very interesting to see what's going to happen next because Do Kwan is currently in Singapore and the warrant is out in Korea. So the question is whether he's going to go and whether he's going to hand himself in, hand himself over to the authorities in Korea um, uh, for, this, for, this security, for this security fraud. For the security fraud. Um, yeah, as the, the, uh, the, um, the warrant is valid for one year and they'll try tactics such as Interpol cooperation and invalidating passports to bring in Do Kwan. My feeling is he should hand himself over. If he's got nothing to hide, hand himself over, go back to Korea, deal with this one-on-one. Um, yeah. In the interim, we've launched the Do Kwan collection uh, here at Banter. Well, at least that's what James said when he saw what I was wearing today. So I'll show you what I was wearing today. Um, you see, it's the, it's the orange, uh, it's the orange uh, prison pants. It's the, we call this the Do Kwan collection. So if you, if you do want these kind of orange pants, uh, it's part of the Do Kwan collection. It's a collaboration with Christian Dior. Um, yeah, they'll be available. We'll, we'll send a referral link, and then you guys can decide whether you want, uh, whether you want those orange pants. James, do you want, do you want a pair of, uh, of Do Kwan collection pants? Oh, yeah, I'd love them. I'd love them. <laughs> I, I would work overtime this evening for them. You know the problem. You know the problem with that? The problem is that they don't make this version with one short leg and one long leg. <laughs> <laughs> they, just they just don't make it anymore, bro. <laughs> oh, no, Jimmy Gump shorts. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Always a pleasure. What are you laughing at, bro? We gotta get that deal. <laughs> All right, let's go into the next story. It's also another one, another story that may actually end in prison. I hope it doesn't end in prison. Uh, that is the Celsius story. Huge news from Celsius. I don't know if you guys uh, have been following this Celsius story, but um, there's an there's been an all hands there was an all hands call at Celsius, and there is a video file that was sent to me. It was actually sent to me by Alex Mashinsky himself. I woke up this morning, looked at my phone, had a message from Alex Mashinsky. He hasn't replied to any of my messages for months now, and the first message he he sends me is this all hands call, which is actually posted on YouTube. Um, he starts off the all hands call with this tone. I want you to hear this because I just want you to get the tone of the all hands call. Stress that, uh, uh, like, how many, how many of you uh, use uh, drink Pepsi versus Coca-Cola? At least a third drinks Pepsi. Raise your hand. If you drink. Here we go. See a few people. Well, Pepsi filed for bankruptcy twice, right? Uh, does it make the Pepsi taste less good, right? Delta filed for bankruptcy, right? Do you not fly Delta because they filed for bankruptcy? So the point is, it's not, a bankruptcy filing is a test for the company. It's a test of should you come out or should you disappear? And if you want to know if we should come out, just go and join any of the Twitter spaces or Reddit or other channels in which the Celsius community is talking to each other about Celsius. All right. Uh, Zach, one of our ex-employees had a, what do you call it, had a session yesterday. There were something like 700 people on it. And people were basically, you know, they had more camaraderie than we sometimes have inside the company. Uh, someone's okay, telling me it's sped other, up. You know, of course it's sped up because I only listen to these sped up. To reopen um, <laughs> so they could have access to the coins, but also asking us to continue the servicing, asking us to continue this movement. So, so what he said is he basically compares Celsius to, to Pepsi. And he says, look, Pepsi went uh, into, into, into Chapter 11 a few times. Um, sorry, I was going very fast. Sorry about that. That's how, that's how I listen to things. Um, 
But he says, bankruptcy is actually an opportunity for you to restructure your business. And if the business should survive, it will survive, like Delta, like uh, Celsius. He also said some other things, which I want to share with you. Let, let's listen from the beginning. Um, I've cut out the most important parts. One part, which I really liked, was here at, at 1 minute 30. He still thinks the market's going to go down. I, I expect to see a lot more uh, carnage and a lot more pain. And I think you heard that from the Fed chairman saying, hey, pain ahead. But I think the amount of pain that is expected is, is much more than, um, than what most people perceive. So he's talking about a lot of pain ahead. He also, this is also very interesting. There's a revival plan for Celsius. And the revival plan for Celsius revolves around the custodian offering. And I don't know if you, how many of you remember, but um, Celsius bought a company called GK8. GK8 is a multi-party computation custodian provider. And it, what it feels like they want to do is it feels like Celsius want to become more decentralized, more on, more on chain. So basically take away the centralization, bring everything on chain so it's all transparent for everyone to see, and focus more on their custody as opposed to their, their lending. So listen to this. In the chat, I was like, well, how are we going to return? Um, how, are, how are we going to earn trust? Um, and I, I think one of the foundational products that we're going to offer in the future is custody. And the core concept of custody is that that's your property and we're holding it on your behalf. Um, and so if that's what we're going to be offering, if that's a core part of what we're going to be offering in the future, we have to show people that that's that that principle of this being their property that we're holding on their behalf means that they get it back. So more um, about transparency. And so more the about first thing that we're trying to do, I mean, Alex referred to this, and I think a lot of people are involved in these projects and the associated projects, is to restore access to custody accounts. And this is going to happen in multiple stages, like Alex talked about. There's a lot of complexity that gets uh, introduced by uh, attorneys and advisors and courts and other people about, like, which specific assets within custody um, are available for uh, to customers in what order? Um, so this will be a multi-stage process, um, but that's definitely like the first part of the process. Okay, so that's the first part. I do want I do want you to hear the second part, which is also quite important, which is this part over here. And then that brings us to to Nuco. So this is uh, basically the the some people will call it like Celsius two point um, Alex referred to this as Kelvin for people who are not familiar. Like uh, Kelvin, it's a temperature system. Should have done my research on this, but like the, the key thing I remember from school about Kelvin is this like concept of absolute zero. And so one of the ideas with Kelvin, with this new Celsius 2.0 and calling it Kelvin is absolutely. So they're talking about a Celsius 2.0. They're talking about being way more transparent. And they're actually saying that they may return funds by October, November. They're working with the relevant authorities and they're going to return the funds hopefully around November. One of the complexities that they mentioned is that there's so many regulatory authorities now involved. You've got, you've got legal, you've got the SEC, and Alex wants to give the money back apparently, but the problem is that he's got to work within the realms of the authorities. Uh, if you don't feel like listening to the whole thing, let me quickly give you a TLDR just so we can move on to the next story. Uh, here it is, 5420 is where it starts. But uh, just remember the kind of, again, those three key uh, things that we're doing, returning custody, that's going to happen before November, and then uh, reopening the services and 
providing access to uh, for people to, uh, for their coins, right? You'll see the plan, the go forward plan. You'll see the uh, the plan for uh, providing access, and um, you know, basically, again, we want to get there as, as quickly as possible, but we want to get there organized. We want to uh, fix use this time that we have right now uh, to fix a lot of the operational and other issues that we had. So that's what they want to do, move to custody, start returning uh, user funds and start building back uh, trust. They're talking about whether they should rebrand Celsius and they said they put that up to the community for a vote. They said that the token would be much more uh, decentralized and much more a governance token for the vote. Um, he was also asked at one point, why don't you just give the money back now? And how he responded was he said, look, we just don't have the money to give back. So one of the missions is to actually trade our way out of this and actually make... Um, enough money to be paying back the customers. In fact, I do want to play that part for you. It's a timestamp 4520. Let me quickly get that for you guys. I'll promise you I'll play it on one speed for those of you who think slowly. Um, yeah, I was just going to um, just maybe talk briefly about the uh, the NUCO um, again. Let me just put this on the screen again. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, Now you see why I'm listening to um, speed because he's got so very slowly. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the important things, you know, I think like an important thing to address, like on the phone with everybody, is like some people will say, "Well, you know, why don't we just give everything back?" You know, convincing customers to come again, uh, trying to earn their trust—it's too big of a challenge. Um, you know, we shouldn't do that. And so, first of all, like if you know. Again, I think a lot of people join Celsius because you're motivated by the mission, right? Of getting people who normally wouldn't have access to some of these financial products access to them, right? So that's mission number one. This new mission that we have is basically that if we just take everything we have now and sell it and try to give people back their money, uh, give people back what they have, what what we have, it's not enough, right? And so, uh, so they have to work hard to get everybody their money back. So that's that's the Celsius story. Um, down but not out is probably how I'd summarize this thing. They're fighting back to relaunch the company. You know, what, maybe I mean, if you if holders could start getting some of their money back by November, I think that's that's a result. That's a good result. That's that's better than we thought. All right, let's get into the big story of the day, and it's big. It's big. It's, I'm going to show you now what Wall Street is about to do to the price of Ethereum after the merge. And that's the big story today. It's you got to listen to this because most people won't see it, um, but we're going to show it to you, and we're going to show it to you guys first. So first of all, let's quickly look at where we are with ETH. ETH is now trading at $1,600. And the merge, if, I, if, I, if my numbers are correct, uh, 15 hours, 40 minutes, which means it's tomorrow morning, really early for us. Sheldon and I will be live on the merge. Sheldon will be trading it. I'll be looking at the fundamentals. We'll be live with you guys. So make sure that you sign up and subscribe and hit the bell notification because we're going to be doing that. Okay. So um, we're going to be walking you through every element of the merge. Um, maybe even have a call in show tomorrow where you guys can call in and tell us if you're having any problems with these. Preparations are well underway now. Um, and now it's crunch time. So this is what you should be doing to prepare yourself for crunch time. First of all, if you want to get the ETH proof of work tokens, which are currently trading at, let me just get a, get a, a quick price for us. Um, 
currently that they are trading at 2.3 percent of of ETH, 2.3 percent, so at about 50 bucks. Um, if you want to get that, you've got to be on an exchange that supports the proof of work fork. Um, the next thing, and let, let's quickly just read through this. This is quite important. Here's a list that may help you navigate uh, this exchange. Binance is going to suspend deposits and withdrawals of ETH for between at this time. Um, Support for fork tokens will be evaluated. If there is a fork token, it will be one-to-one -one ratio. OKX, Kyle sponsors, um, are going to suspend ERC-20 uh, deposits. Uh, we'll track the price of it. FTX is supporting continuous trading on the ETH futures prior to merge. Coinbase is going to suspend ETH deposits and withdrawals hours before the merge as a precautionary measure. So you can see that there is a lot of exchanges um, suspending deposits and withdrawals. What that means for you guys is if you want to have your tokens on an exchange, get them on now. If you want to take your tokens off an exchange, get them off now. If you're going to take your tokens off an exchange, put them onto a Trezor or a Ledger so that you can get the fork token. Otherwise, you're not going to get the fork token. So now it's time to really prepare. If you want to trade the proof of work token, then make sure that you're in an exchange that will credit you immediately and then you'll be able to trade it. But your Ethereum has to be on the wallet on the exchange. Don't panic tomorrow if all of a sudden your exchanges um, limit withdrawals and limit trading. We don't know what we, what we don't know yet. And that's what I think people aren't doing. I think people are pricing in a successful merge. I think we are going to have some hiccups. And I think what's going to happen to the price tomorrow is the price is going to go down a lot. What, are, what do you need to do to capitalize on this? You need to be trading on an exchange that supports ETH derivatives and ETH futures. Because spot markets are probably going to be disabled because the ETH network is going to be stopped. What's not going to be stopped is the derivatives platforms. So you need to get onto an exchange that supports derivatives. Okay, so that's like Binance, like, 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 um, like Bybit, like FTX. You can buy derivatives, futures on Ethereum. Make sure that if you want to be trading Ethereum, you have money in your Bybit account. If you don't have a Bybit account, sign up below. Um, you can claim, I think if you sign up, you get $1,000 worth of an ETH position free. I think that special is still going, but you also get $4,500 in referral in, in, in um, sign-up bonuses. Um, so that's what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, it, I am expecting some issues and I am expecting the price to come down when those issues happen, but then it will recover and everything will be okay. And that's what, that, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, what you are seeing is you're seeing that the institutions and also retail investors are starting to hedge their positions. And where are they starting to hedge their positions? they are starting to buy options on Ethereum. And I'll just wanna, I just want to show you how these options work. I'm not saying that you guys should be trading these options because I'm not sure that you guys know enough about trading options, but I do want to show you how these options work. So if you want to hedge yourself, you can buy a call option on Ethereum with an expiry date of the 23rd of the 9th, which is in about a week. Um, if you buy that option at the price now, uh, which is $1,600, you will pay $103 for that option. Which means that if you put down $103, if the price of ETH goes down, you lose the $103. But if the price of ETH goes to $1,900 or $2,000 or $2,000, for $100, you get that exposure. So you see how it works? You pick a strike price. I've picked the day 23rd of September. I've picked a strike price of $1,600, which is where we are now. And I've said if ETH goes to $1,600, I pay $100 in premium, and anything above that is profit. So I only break even when ETH gets to $1,700, but anything above that it actually becomes profit. 
And so you can do this now in Bybit. Now, the main thing about Bybit here is that you can use USDC to buy call options, which is a brand new concept. If you look at Deribit and all those other ones, you can't use USDC. So if you want to learn how to play options, next week I'll be watching you guys. I'll be watching you guys. Um, uh, I'll be helping you guys uh, trade these options. But I think go and have a look at it. Now let's talk about why I'm so concerned about what's going to happen to Ethereum after the merge. So if you look at Ethereum, and specifically recently, Ethereum has been uncorrelated to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's gone down, Ethereum's gone up, right? So here's a chart of the ETH BTC chart. And what you can see is that the ETH and, ETH and Bitcoin don't really move together. ETH moves, Bitcoin moves up. So this is the ETH BTC chart, which shows you ETH relative to Bitcoin. And you can see there's a huge fluctuation. In, in fact, in just the last couple of weeks, ETH has gone up 75% against Bitcoin. So what you can see is that ETH and Bitcoin have not really been very correlated. What has been really correlated is Bitcoin and the NASDAQ, right? The NASDAQ goes down, Bitcoin goes down. The NASDAQ goes up, Bitcoin goes up. And that's where Wall Street's attack's going to be. And I'm going to show you what Wall Street are planning on doing. You'll remember that when ETH, when the ETH merge happens, the most important things that happen is you get a staking reward for staking your ETH. And right now, if you calculate the staking reward, you can see this is a long calculation, but what you can see is that the staking reward is going to be between 5.6% and 17.8%, okay, depending on how busy the network is and the ETH price. So you'll be able to get a yield on your Ethereum. That's the first thing that's going to happen. The second thing that's going to happen is that the ETH supply is going to become deflationary, right? So ETH is going to become deflationary because the proof of work miners aren't going to be rewarded anymore. The reward is going to drop by 90% or 99%, and ETH becomes deflationary. And the last thing that happens is that ETH becomes a green ESG-friendly asset. And then when you combine all those three things, you realize that the institutional investors in Wall Street are going to start investing in ETH. Why? Because it's the second biggest cryptocurrency in the world. It's got huge liquidity after Bitcoin. It's the only one that's ESG-friendly. It's the only one that's deflationary. And unlike Bitcoin, you could get a whole lot of yield, right? Simple? Good. So what happens... When the institutions come into Bitcoin, come into Ethereum, this is where the trick is. This is where they're going to attack Ethereum. Institutions have two settings, risk on or risk off. When they go risk off, which is what's happened lately, they take out their money out of the stock market and they take out their money out of risk assets like Bitcoin. And that's why Bitcoin and the NASDAQ have been so highly correlated. That's what's been happening up until now. But because they haven't really been in ETH, ETH hasn't been as correlated to the NASDAQ as Bitcoin has. But when institutions start buying Ethereum on the market, when, when they start investing in Ethereum, and they will start investing in Ethereum because of what I told you, because they can earn yield, because it's ESG friendly, because it's got huge liquidity, and because it's deflationary, they will start buying Ethereum. And the problem is when they start buying Ethereum, Ethereum is going to start becoming correlated to the NASDAQ. Why? Because they're going to become the biggest investors in Ethereum. And when they become the biggest investors in Ethereum, we're now at the mercy of Wall Street. And Wall Street only have two settings, risk on and risk off. Right now, they're in risk off. And that's why the Nasdaq's going down. And with it, Bitcoin's going down. Why is Bitcoin going down? Because we gave the institutions a chance to invest in Bitcoin. They invested in Bitcoin, right? They invested in Bitcoin. And now, 
when they go risk off, they sell off their Bitcoin. And that's why Bitcoin can't catch a break. While Ethereum has been going up 100%. Bitcoin can't catch a break. Why? Because the institutions are risk off on Bitcoin. But it's people like you and I that are still buying Ethereum ahead of the merge. When the, when the institutions start to invest in Ethereum, Ethereum is going to fall into the same trap as Bitcoin. And it's going to fall into the risk on risk off. And I'll show you some data that actually shows exactly when this happens. So this is a chart that shows when CME introduced uh, uh, Bitcoin futures. That's when the CME introduced Bitcoin futures. It was the exact top. And then Wall Street started to short it. And that's when the CME, um, this is when, when ProShares launched the first Bitcoin ETF, uh, futures ETF. And that again was a top because they gave the institutions the opportunity to, to buy and sell Bitcoin. We got an announcement the other day that CME mysteriously just a few days before the merge, just a few days before the merge, announces that they've just launched CME futures on Ethereum. You think it's a coincidence? Or you think it's a mechanism for Wall Street to actually come and attack Ethereum, to get Wall Street to be buying Ethereum and treating it like one of their risk assets? And when that happens, we've got risk on or risk off. And now we're in a risk off environment. So what's going to happen? They're just going to dump their Ethereum. They're going to sell off their Ethereum. So watch out for that. Ethereum is about to undergo a big change. You now know what's going to happen. We need to move on from Ethereum. We need to move to assets where Wall Street is not there because then we're not going to fall into this cycle. And those are the smaller assets. Those are the Solanas, the Nears, um, and a whole lot of other assets. But now you've been warned. You now know what's going to happen. The CME futures launched 12th, or the announcement was made on the 12th of September that the CME futures are going to be launched. So now you know they're going to attack Ethereum just like they attacked Bitcoin. Right now they're in risk off. That's why Bitcoin can't go up. And when Ethereum falls into it, it's going to fall into the same thing. Got it. Great. Simple. Simple, simple. The highest alpha show on the internet. That is for sure. Um... Let's look at another thing that I wanted to show you, and that is GMX. We've been talking about GMX a lot. And GMX is amazing because no matter how much the market is going down, GMX is actually going up. And the reason why that is, is because when the market gets hit, like the market got hit yesterday, GMX generated $1 million in fees. So even though their seven-day average is 543000 what you can see is when there's huge volatility, people get liquidated. For those of you who don't know what GMX is, GMX is a derivatives exchange. And with derivatives exchanges, people get liquidated when there's huge moves in the market. So yesterday, there were obviously a whole lot of liquidations. And so now, they've got $1.148 million in, in fees collected in one day. You, you understand that this protocol is collecting $1 million in fees on one day, and they've now got 101,000 users. That is absolutely huge. Now, let's look at the market cap of GMX. So let's just quickly look at the market cap of GMX and say, what are you willing to pay for a protocol that's making on average $500,000 a day? The valuation is under a billion dollars. It's $632,000. It's up 7.5% today. Why is it up? Because when there is a big red candle going down, the price of GMX goes up because that's when they make the most fees. So you've got to keep your eyes on, on, on GMX because this is amazing. 101,000 users, short period of time. Um, if you feel like you've, like you've missed GMX, even though some people still say that uh, it's undervalued by 2x, this guy says it's undervalued by 2x. I won't take you through his whole uh, thesis, but it's quite long. And uh, he just says that GMX is at least 1.5 times undervalued. Um, 
if you feel that you've missed that, go look at Gains Network. So Gains Network is GNS Gains is also starting to go up a bit. Um, it hasn't it hasn't climbed in price as uh, much as as uh, GMX has. Let's just look at Gains Network. Uh, sorry, GNS. Let's look at how the price is done. Let's look at the last 180 days. Let's find the, the bottom. Uh, bottom 74 cents, now trading at uh, $1.62. So it has 2x, not as much as, uh, as uh, GMX, which has done a whole lot more, but maybe one to look at if you feel that you've missed the other one. Um, probably one to look at. A um, couple of other things. One is, I don't know why the US is doing this. Didn't you learn anything from fighting with Russia? Like, I, I just don't understand what this Biden administration is thinking. I just don't understand it. Like, U.S. in early discussions on sanctions against China to deter it from invading Taiwan. You're not deterring it. You're provoking it. And, and right now, I think China is stronger than the U.S. I would be very careful if I were Joe Biden. And that, that, that worries me actually quite a bit. Don't attack. Don't attack China. Make, be good. Be nice to China. Because if not, they will. I'm not going to say the words on YouTube because I don't feel like this show um, being shadow banned again. Um, Another thing which we should look at is um, Fred's brilliant trade. Hold on, hold on. Now let's get Fred on the stream. Fred. Fred's not here. Tell us about your brilliant trade on sweat. Um, bro, I'm not going to pretend like I knew exactly what was going to happen. I basically just picked up some sweat. Um, what was the one step in? So the narrative was... The narrative was... Uh, what's it called? Sweat is the next Steppen. And okay. just based on FTV, uh, compared to Steppens that it's kind of mid to peak, it's a good buy. Simple as that. That's the narrative. That's the so $1.6 billion fully diluted valuation. You bought this thing at what? 50? Zero comma, five cents? I bought it at five cents. I bought it at and five cents. Uh, it was eight, eight, uh, just over eight cents. Between that'll do. that'll do, bro. That'll do, bro. 80% move, 60% move. That's amazing. Ah, 24 hours. It's good. 60%, 24 hours. Take it. Ah, take it, bro. Take it. Put the money in your pocket, bro. Put the money in your pocket. Freddie, you must be rich now. You must be rich now, bro. <laughs> um, bro, I'll be honest. The game I'm trying to play now is, is just get some winning trades in before the, it depends before the wedding. Did you say before the wedding? You said, did you say before the wedding? Winning, winning, winning trades. Get some winning trades. And obviously before, before the, the wedding. wedding. <laughs> before the generational bottom, which I think isn't in oh, okay. So not the, not the wedding. Not before the wedding. And before the wedding. And before the wedding. And the bachelors. Yeah. I'm very excited for your bachelor party. Less excited for the wedding, but much more excited for the bachelor parties. <laughs> All right, guys, um, that's it. Listen, I've got to go pack up this Airbnb. I'm getting on a plane to Paris for the Binance Blockchain Week. Um, then I'm home to, I'm home on the weekend. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be on the Paul Barron Network. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be covering the ETH Merge Live. It's going to be amazing. Uh, remember, if you want to stay up to date with all our calls, join the Discord. It's so easy to join the Discord. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. one more thing, one more thing. We have a few more days. up to date with all our calls. So if you guys join want, Discord, it's so easy to join the Discord. Um, if you guys want to a chance to win a Bitcoin, remember this uh, coin stats. Remember coin stats, which is the one place where you get all the um, uh, um, all the band, all your portfolios in one wallet. Remember that if you pay 
$5.74 month and over 200 of you sign up, they will give a, few, a free Bitcoin away to, some, to a lucky winner. But, only, but 200 of you have to sign up. So you get a 1 in 200 chance of winning a Bitcoin. Do it. It's the easiest. It's the great service. And you can stand a chance to win a Bitcoin. Listen, I've had a lot of fun. I need you to do me one more favor. If you're still here, give us some love. Smash the like. Give us a good comment down below. Um, I'm going to look at the comments later myself. I'll reply to all of you or as many of you as I can while I'm on the plane. Um, see you guys again later. Until then, let's have a one last look in the market. Is that a cigarette you're lighting there? What, what, what exactly is that? Is that, is that, is that a, maybe tell, tell everyone what you're smoking there, bro. Tobacco, tobacco, sir. Okay, tell you. okay. Sounds good. Uh, Bitcoin, 20,307. NASDAQ up 53 points. I'm actually long NASDAQ. I took, up a, I took a long position on NASDAQ. Um, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm up a little bit. Should be up more. See you guys again tomorrow. Until then. Trade well, my friends. And if you are in Paris, come and say hi to us at the Binance Blockchain Week. See you again tomorrow. Have fun, guys. That was not tobacco, bro. It's tobacco. Definitely not. That was not tobacco, bro. Like, I mean, I saw, I saw, I saw all. There's no tobacco there, bro. Tobacco, That's bro, a big cigarette. That's a very big cigarette.